the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to On the Record with Tiffany. There are heroes throughout San Antonio, men and women that go the extra mile to make lives better. During the next hour, you'll be inspired as we introduce you to these unsung heroes. And now here's your host, Tiffany Jones-Smith. And we're back with another episode of On the Record with Tiffany. And Kevin. That's yes. right. I didn't say it upbeat because you're not mm-hmm. saying it upbeat. You're just saying and Kevin. And Kevin. <laughs> Thank <Yay>! you. <laughs> um, <laughs> here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Um, so what are we talking about? All right. So we want to change the format, kind of the not change the format, just the topics that we generally discuss at our household, which generally are our health because we're getting older. Uh, and then, you know, generally policy and politics and then cultural and slash trending. Those items that are trending generally on the Internet with our girls and uh, the items that we're talking about at the house. So that's those are the things that we want to discuss, right? We'll bring guests on who'll discuss those as well. But today, uh, if you're in uh, San in the San Antonio area, unfortunately, there was a, 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 a an active a mass shooting, a mass shooting, active shooter in Uvalde, uh, Texas, and our hearts uh, go out to those to the parents there and to the and to the kids that were lost and to I, the community, yeah, to the community of Uvalde, because uh, this senseless act could have been thwarted on so many levels. Yeah, it was a lot of fumbles that locally there and the parents and the, and unfortunately the children a suffered. A lot of indecisiveness. There. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. So you go first. Slash Stephanie. possible incompetency. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. <laughs> go ahead. We're, we're, we're both trying so, to really, we both have an emotional reaction to this. We're passionate about it. Because I can only imagine your children there and you're outside and in, in the peop- the very people who have been authorized and uh, allegedly trained the good to use fight. lethal force this to is end the Mike this, Gallagher they're show. not doing it. And you're there, and they're the trying answer. to stop you from going in to, to take to do action, right? And I'm with that mother that drove 40 miles, got there, got handcuffed. Then when they let her out of the handcuffs, jumped the fence, well, and went and got her kids. Uh, I'm that mother. I'm that chick. Yeah, but but what does that say, right? It took forty minutes to uh, to to solve. So she had enough mission. time to drive over there and get her kids. Yeah, it was something that 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 should have, from my view, they should have helped dealt all, with. Well, all of their training. Yeah. If you look at what what active shooter training is. Yeah, so you're was, saying so your viewpoint, Tiff, is that there was indecisiveness. So talk about that. Explain that because we were talking about this on the way to the house, and you used the word indecisive, borderline incompetence. So walk, well, walk us through the that. person who had the D, the Uvalde ISD police. And not, D mean decision. The, that's right. Had, who had the decision to make. That's a big thing at our house. Who yeah, has the decision? Who has the decision and who's making the decision? You know, people, uh, part of being responsible, whenever you take a job or take on, and now this is me being preachy, so y'all are just going to have to bear with me. If you are responsible and you take on a certain position, say police officer, mm-hmm. then you know that there are are there's training, there's uh, there's a certain level of authority that goes with that. Yep. And everyone, you know, once it's hierarchical, so you've got a leader, and then you've got the people who are following them. So the person who has the decision, everyone is going to stand down or move forward based on you, based on that leader. Mm-hmm. So that is why I say there was definitely at the minimum indecisiveness, mm-hmm. you know, because this person didn't make the D. Somebody else came in eventually an hour and 50 minutes later, an hour and 40 minutes later and said hour and 15, an hour and 15 minutes later. And said, we're going in. 
Yeah, and we, we yeah. That's so. that's that's what everything is unfolding as. We don't. I, I still think we don't have the full story yet because the story has changed so many times, and we're just at seven days. Yeah, and so the 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 the, the debate or the discussion that you and I have at the house is, mm-hmm. you know, Tiffany is leaning with her, and a lot of her girlfriends are leaning toward, hey, these no, guys. Have to be me and my girlfriend. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. These guys. Should <laughs> I have be guy held. friends too who think the same thing. <laughs> these guys should be held accountable for their indecisiveness you know liable at best right uh, and so, yes. but you and I have this discussion right my understanding of it is from the Supreme Court and previous cases that they're, the police are not obligated to come out and protect and serve that's what we think that they should do right that's mm-hmm. what most that's officers what we've all been but, been they, but they're not and so we, we go back and forth so where does that come back with so I've had a, we were debating with a friend on the gun law right uh, you know their position was that they should just confiscate everyone's weapons and I was like well that wouldn't work because we see we had quote unquote good guys guys who were trained had the authority to use deadly force and they choked I mean I don't want to put my hands in the hope that I get a competent cop who's going to come, right, and protect me. And I have seconds. It's going to take them, what, five minutes to get there? Right here in San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And that's probably yeah. one of the and best. San Antonio respo- has one the, of the best response times. The best response times. times in the nation. Yeah. Right? San Antonio. They come in in minutes and I have seconds. Time. Right? So, I, you know, so we can debate and we have debated this weekend if the world, if we rule the world and we can make things happen our way is right. Do you confiscate all the guns like one friend says or do maybe we get better uh, 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 background checks? I'm OK well, with background, background checks. checks. Should That should be standard having background checks. We know that there's well, I think it's multifactorial. You can't multifactorial you, big words. there. Bro. OK, so there are. are Multiple things that can be done, like one of the things that could be done, because mm-hmm. uh, everybody, I, I'm for our listeners. I went to boarding school, and so, and this was thirty years ago, and we had two points of entry. We had armed security. Well, what you about you would fire? have to fight your way in to get to us? You you didn't you couldn't just walk in and you're directly on kids. You couldn't you couldn't get in there. Because there was a perimeter around the entire school. So you couldn't, there was not a way for somebody to just come in and do that. You know, that, that is definitely something to think about in terms of school. Also, yes, background checks. There's a profile, too, that goes along with people who, who do this. Yeah. So and, make and, it difficult for people who meet that profile to get a gun. Yeah, and, and I think the vet, profile for everything else. Yeah, and I, I'm, you know, and I, I generally am a hard liner on on guns and and, and uh, the right to and bear the right arms. to bear arms, right? Uh, but I am. But this a, does not stop the right to bear arms. I agree. It simply ma- makes it so that the people who are bearing arms are responsible. And ninety nine percent of gun uh, of people who have guns of gun owners. Are responsible. Now you just made a lot of people upset about that, right? Now, granted, we now don't. This feels almost. It doesn't feel hypocritical, but I'll just tell you, we are AR fifteen carrying people at the house, and we have a number of weapons at the house, right? Probably more than I should be purchasing, but uh, I, I get it. I'm addicted to the purchase as well. I love going and shooting like everyone else, but when we I like think going about to the range. Yeah. And yeah. I, but when I think about what happened this weekend, right. Am I willing to sacrifice some of that, uh, the ease of purchase so that others would be safe? I am, you know, and that's, that's my stance on that. You know, we can call and debate that, but, uh, after, you know, after this number of shootings, right? But then, you know, we were talking about on the you flip know, side I, of that I, with, I'm with tell Buffalo, you, though. Well, think it, about in Buffalo, New York. I think if someone would have had a gun there, that's, would even would even man, have a I'm going to tell you, and this this may make people mad. If it does, if if it doesn't, this is the facts about what I think. If I would have been on the scene, I would have dropped that kid right there. I would have dropped him. You know, yeah. you a person who knows, a person who. Knows how to shoot, understands a gun, and what it means to draw one. Yeah. And and what's sad for me, right, what I feel the saddest about is that we had officers there who had the training, who had the authority, who had the D, the decision-making, right, mm-hmm. to, to make the call. And they, they choked. At the end of the day, they choked. And that 
that that's the sad part. And 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 uh, I I think and I put my I think about this and I put myself in those parents' situation. Yeah. And I I am heartbroken and I and it's just a bad bad situation for that community and for the individual parents on that. And uh, there's a lot of facets to the gun control issue, right? I think uh, for me, I'm okay with uh, with with giving up some of my liberties to own a weapon, yeah. right? So that others may be safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are others who who don't feel that way. And I don't. And I'm not going to call them names. I see both sides of the issue there. But just for me personally, as, as a as a person who who owns firearms, who loves firearms, right? I could probably spend fifty percent of my uh, income <laughs> on firearms. Uh, but uh, that part of it, there, I'm willing to give up some no, I couldn't of do my that, safety. But... Yeah, Tiffany. <laughs> I, right. So those of you who we, we diverge this on some of this, uh, <laughs> but, but I do think that it's this is a non sequitur. There has to be more regulation on this. On, on what guns? We already regulated. Let's let's debate. All right, let's debate then. So, so you're saying we need more gun regulations? Right? I think that we need regulations on um, background of, check. Yes. Okay. Most definitely on. All background right. So checks. background checks. I agree on, with that. On waiting periods. I agree with that. Uh, and and the background checks need to be thorough, especially if you, if you, and I, you know, I go back to that the ban when the ban the expiration of the ban on assault. Weapons on those AR-15s expired. But there's but there's numerical data during that, that says, ban. It was we saw a forty six percent decrease. But, but there's in no these shootings. But it didn't have a forty percent decrease. The Columbine situation happened during that ban. Columbine happened then, right? So did it, did the ban happen? All, the only thing the ban worked on was for people like you and I who are going to go follow the rules. They tell us to do X. We're going to do X. Right. Those kids mm-hmm. should have never had those guns. So mm-hmm. Columbine happened. Right. So I am for the three things you said, uh, which were background checks, waiting periods. I'm OK with that. Uh, I think that's good. And people who, who are on that checklist of the background checks shouldn't have guns. I agree with that. I think most rational people would agree with that. So my baby's mm-hmm. mad at me. It's going to be a long time. Mm-hmm. OK. <laughs> and there is a mental health component to this I agree. also. If you have mental health issues, you come up on that, you know, you, uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry, you, you're going to have to be without a gun. But we have to be, uh, you know, we can't just make the flipping, oh, there's, there's mental health, but we don't fund mental, mental health. Here in, in the state of Texas, we, we cut funding to mental health. Okay. You, you can't have, both, have it both ways. We have to do what's right for the people. We say that that's what we're about. We're about doing what's right for the people of our great state. Then let's do what's right. I say let's have the debate, right? Let's that's what we do have. what's and, right. And I think also what we have to do is define the terms when we say laws. Because so when Tiffany defined what she meant by gun control as background check, time waiting period, then I'm on board. But when I initially hear Gun control. I think of someone trying to take my weapon. All right, Jeff. So uh, gun control, is, it's a heated debate at our house, so we're, but we're going to our next part here. Health, right? So right now at our house, we are, uh, you know, for, for those of you who don't know, Tiffany works uh, for the uh, Texas Kidney Foundation, which is, a, which is a health advocacy organization. And so during this whole particular time frame, COVID, right, uh, you know, I've gotten fat. I don't know about Tiffany, but I've picked on some pounds. <laughs> he knows that. He's just trying to get me to say I've gotten big. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we've issued a health challenge, right? Our, our own personal health challenge. And so we have that coming up. What? Sherry's coming to the house, what, this week? Yes. Yeah, the first. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah, the two of you talking yep. trash. Well, she's uh, actually going to come to the house on Saturday. But, but yes, I start. Mm-hmm. All right, and so, I've already started clearing stuff out at our house. Yeah, so I ended I've up getting rid of a lot of my stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I ended up getting rid of a lot of my Fruit Loops. Uh, all of my Fruit Loops. He I have ate a couple his more. Fruit Loops. Yes, I ate my Fruit Loops because you just can't throw away those Fruit Loops. There are starving people in the world who want Fruit They're Loops. They're not starving for Fruit Loops. Well, they should be. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so so we're so we're getting ready, right? Uh, I've gotten I've gotten all the equipment I need for the house to to train there. Uh, so uh, Sherry and Tiffany have been talking a lot of trash about how they're going to uh, do better than I am, which not going to happen. 
Uh, we are. <laughs> so that we have that coming. Uh, but the importance of, the, of your own personal health and, and, and doing, uh, I think the term is personal care, providing personal care for ourselves, right? Uh, can you talk about that a little bit, Tiffany? You know, one of the things that became really evident during this pandemic was for me, for me personally, was how much I work. And the pandemic kind of caused me to kick into even more overdrive because there was not as, we were at home, working from home, there was not a stop, stopping point. And I saw my health, you know, uh, as the pandemic unfolded, uh, we've seen upwards of 40 people die that we are friends mm-hmm. And in our friends saw and quite family, somewhere pass. in the range of 40 to 50 people, I stopped. I had to to stop focusing on the numbers uh, after like the 14th or 15th person. But um, the toll of dealing with with that much death. Yeah, and then, then was uh, I I was eating out of out of sadness and frustration and not taking care of myself, mm-hmm. not getting, not, not, uh, just not taking care of myself, not getting enough sleep. It was hard to sleep, it, you know. And then, I, then at a certain point after my mother died, uh, that was hard. Yep. And all of the people that died after her, I, I, it was like 17 people. Yeah, quite a few people passed away. People and then you're married. And then, so that, that's in a year, so that's a person every two weeks. And so then I, you're we, married to me, saying, yeah. "Hey, if and we don't, if we don't get a, if we don't get a, a, a grip on our own personal health, we're going to end up in that number." Yeah, yeah, and and we have uh, a 12 year old and uh, and today a 10 year old. Yes, double digit Annie. She's mm-hmm. double digits today. Yes, Annie turned 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, we're older parents, so there's a lot that we need to uh, uh, do in terms of of self care, and I. I wasn't thinking about self-care. I was just thinking about trying to get through to the end of this, so to a place where people were not dying, and uh, and you, you just can't do that. And so no. your your physician is a personal friend of ours, yeah. right? And, and he's, he, he's been Dr. Bruman, <laughs> Dr. Varshi Bruman. And he told you. Uh, and he is the best. He is the best, and he is, he is really really has been my rock through a lot of of uh and, the personal and so he he, he 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 but agrees with me he, right he, he said um, Do you want to be on that number you know <laughs> he he held my hand through the hard stuff and then finally said look you could end up you know on that cold slab just like everybody else uh in your family you got a Set of genes that are no good. No, he didn't say it like that. <laughs> but he was like, "You, I did, you got." Though. He said, "You got a lot of challenges health wise," and he knows what every single one of those challenges are. So he's looking at them, and looking at at uh, what should be done. And he just he called me to his office. Him and his brother in law, who was also a friend of mine, Doctor uh, Mazzani. Look at you just name dropping. I know Doctor Mazzani. Doctor Blog. My daughters Blah. think Doctor Mazzani is like the Enough, is, is, is a hero. So anytime something goes wrong, they're always like, "Call Doctor Mazzani. He can do. He can fix it." <laughs> so because uh, he saved my brother's life three times, okay. but um, they called me into their office and kind of ambushed me a little bit, a lot. And, and sat why is me that down an and, ambush? Why? Because I, I wouldn't have gone in there. But, well, say, you know hey, what? He, if you don't pull it together, you're going to put Kevin out in the cold, cold world alone with two daughters looking for a wife. That's not good. It's a cold world right now. Nice to know you, you know would be on stuff? the search as soon as I not as as before I got ass, cold right? in the grave. I'd be you on three the search. Months, Ninety days. You hear this? You it's hear this, San world. Antonio? Do y'all hear this? Anyway, no, the they no. I, I mean. The the part about me that is so, uh, and is I'm sure there are a hundred people. Wait a minute, can I finish saying what yes, I need ma'am. to say? Say the, what you want to say. The thing about me that so many people who are listening to us would probably deal with as well. I don't like to go to the doctor. I don't like going to the doctor. I don't like going there at all. That's uh, weird. Tell me more. I'm glad I listened. Because 
people die at the doctors. The doctors tell you the worst things. They don't die in the clinics. No, they don't die in the clinics, but you get the worst information from doctors. Like, they're the ones who tell you, oh, you've got this, and you're probably going to die, or such and so has this. You know, the last time I was in their office, I, well, one of the last times I was in their office talking with them was when they were telling me about my brother. You know, I was sitting there with my brother hearing the hearing his diagnosis. So I know I don't like going to the doctor because often my experience of, of being in a doctor's office is with somebody that I love getting a diagnosis that nobody wants to hear. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, so that's that's what it is. It's not you and your mess that we go to the doctor for an ingrown toenail that you're about to pass out over or whatever. I am just the opposite. Let me tell you something. I was I grew up as a poor kid who didn't have health insurance, and I will go to the doctor for anything. I will make sure that I am okay. Now I do know that when I was had that little what I thought was would turn out to be blood pressure, I was like, this ain't blood pressure. But once I was convinced, I was like, we're going mm-hmm. to the doctor yeah. right now. So, so we 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 are the opposite are. Uh, when it comes down to that. I've always had health insurance, so it wasn't like, <sighs> so, okay, I don't need to hear about how privileged my life has been and how tr- downtrodden yours is. Um, so anyway, <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> All right, so that is. But that's why I don't. I don't like. That going. is interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. so you don't like. You think it's going to be the bad news place? Yeah, it is. It, it has historically been that in my life. I got to think about that emotionally for his, myself. It has historically been that. So you don't need me showing up to the office with you because it's probably going to turn out negative. <laughs> <laughs> that is not rational. Okay. <laughs> It may not be rational, but it's but I'm you asked me why I don't like going. That's why I don't like going. Anyway, so they 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 sit me down in in a nice little room and tell me, No, all right, you've got to follow what we're telling you. Yes, which is we gotta lose weight. hmm Yeah. And right. and you've got to eliminate salt or severely limit salt. All right. So all she's gonna things. do well, but not as well as me. She and I Sherry. will beat him. Yeah, you and Sherry. I will beat Fruit Loop King here. So we, I will beat Mr. Fruit. More to be said about that. But hey, other than that, other than our own, per- we're personally competitive. That's going on there. Uh, one of the things that uh, that you're doing through uh, the, the foundation is the test kits, uh, which is yes. very important. Tell us more about that. So the only way that you will know whether or not you have kidney disease, there are two ways. It's through the blood and through the urine. Um, Right now, what we're seeing in healthcare is that uh, the kidneys are being affected by things by COVID nineteen. Yes, and the after effects mm-hmm. uh, are are uh, are significant to kidneys uh, in some patients who have had COVID nineteen. Quite a but, bit. The research is showing quite a bit. If you do, mm-hmm. if you go to Google Scholar, Scholar, GoogleScholar.com, dot com, and you enter that, uh, you enter in COVID. And kidney disease, COVID, and, and you'll, you'll lung see. disease, heart, you'll see the numbers are, are, are spiking. That's particularly important in the African-American community. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we're urging, and we also have one in three uh, are at risk just normally mm-hmm. for kidney disease. So one in three Texans. So that is everyone is being affected by this. Yeah. And that would be, if you've been diagnosed with diabetes, hypertension, cardiovascular disease, or obesity, mm-hmm. you are at risk for kidney disease. If you're in recovery from COVID-19. And you have those symptoms on and top And you of have them. You're at risk for kidney You're at disease. risk for kidney disease. Because one of the things that we've noticed that, uh, because I've, I've been hired uh, by the foundation not hired, more volunteer my time. Yeah, he volunteers. He doesn't volunteer. get any money. I don't get any money. He gets paid in hugs and kisses for me, but I don't think that that's considered <laughs> currency. <laughs> it's not but recognized one of the things currency. That, one of the things that we've seen in the in the numbers is that we've seen people who've had COVID also turn around and they're in danger or right at the, those borderline numbers uh, for kidney disease is, mm-hmm. is what we've seen in the mm-hmm. numbers there, which mm-hmm. is consistent with what we've seen is what they're seeing on a national level. So yeah. the importance of getting this test, especially if you've had COVID. And a worldwide level. We're seeing uh, is, it, we're is seeing is it in every important. country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Because when I, when I first, when I was seeing the numbers, and then when I went and I was bringing up the research 
uh, on from the scholar and the different scholarly papers that have been done. I mean, uh, COVID is a microvascular. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, uh, disease, and it, it has an impact on your kidneys, your heart, your lungs, uh, and and that is a big concern. So, uh, yeah. so the, you want to? Um, what is the, the website? first step that you can take to find out about your kidneys? You can do it right from your your uh, house or your phone, and that is go to silentbutdeadly.org. Mm-hmm. You take a 12-question test, and we will send you a kit right to your house. Now, these kits are available through June 30th, so order your kit. Order your kit. We have 6,500 of them for the... Bear County area, 6,500 left. We've, we've already disseminated 1,500. Um, order your kit. Yeah, that's extremely important. It, it's free. You, uh, it'll arrive at your home. You pee in a cup. Uh, put your dipstick in, in uh, your urine sample. Put it on the green board and put your smartphone over the green board and you will get your uh, result right there. Mm-hmm. And we will receive your result. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you're not alone. All you have to do is is go to silentbutdeadly.org. Right. Thank you, Tiff. You're welcome. And uh, I ask as many people as, as uh, hear this, tell a friend to go to silentbutdeadly.org. All right. You've been here from On the Record with Tiffany and Kevin. Here on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. And we're back with On the Record with Tiffany. This is going to be a hairy one. <laughs> and now. Kevin. All right. We're about to bring the heat on this one. Okay. So you, know, you trying to bring the heat. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tiffany, we, this yes. is a debate at the house that we've been, we've been discussing, right? Uh, why are so many black people... B1, foundational black people, black people in general, not happy with Joe Biden. Let's have this discussion. Oh, Lord Jesus. Because I think, because, okay, I am, okay, I'm a political firebrand and I say stuff, so I'm just going to say it. This you is my are a bomb thrower. What, is the, what do you want? The opinions <laughs> what do you want? I, I think black people, a lot of black people are not happy with Joe Biden because they feel that his, younger people, you know, so the millennial crowd, they feel that uh, that he would that, you know, that he incarcerated or, or was involved with incarceration and destruction of the black community. Now, I think hmm. those people weren't living during those times. So they didn't understand the power that crack had in the communities that it was coming into. How devastating it was. It was very devastating. Mm-hmm. And it's also easier to make decisions to go back in and look back and go, oh, it should have been this, that. Yeah. Hindsight that way, is twenty right? twenty. Hindsight mm-hmm. is twenty twenty. So that's one group of people. Two, you have another group of people such as myself who are like, okay, what has he done necessarily for black people per se, right? They're not, they're not feeling the love for Mr. Biden, right? And so and this is the, the viewpoint that I get that everybody else gets a special day, right? You have, uh, you have a, a, an Asian law. You have all these different things that specifically identify people, right? But you not you don't feel that mm-hmm. for for but black people aren't feeling that. Now I'm not sitting, I'm not nec- I'm not saying I necessarily agree with that. But that's part of the reasons why you see a lot of people uh, not really uh, showing much love uh, to uh, to Joe Biden and, and necessarily the Democratic Party. And so a lot of people just opting out not to vote, which I think is foolish, right? I think if you're in Texas, you need to join the winning team, which right now is a Republican team. I'm not saying we want to go and vote Republican. We want to participate with the Republican Party is what I'm saying. Because if you vote after the fact that the candidate's already been chosen, decisions already been made. You only have one of two or three decisions to be made. But if you participate in the party, right? In the primary in the races? Pri- is in the that primary, what you're talking about? Yeah, in the primary. And not just the primary, but become active in the party so you can sit down at the decision-making table. With, when they're and have deciding. your thoughts heard. And have your thoughts heard. Because right now, you know, the Republican Party in Texas, I know a lot of people are going to be mad at me, right? In, in Texas, the Republican Party is the winning team. The Republican Party, they organize, they strategize, they do what it takes to win. 
right? And so why not, as an African-American, be on that team? Historically, if this was 1870, 1890, we would all have been Republicans up until about the 50s or so. What should come back to that, Ms. Smith? <laughs> well, I don't, I, do don't I don't know that that all of your postulations here <laughs> are correct. <laughs> but I will say this. These are the things that the Republican Party uh, has historically stood for. OK. Now, that is freedom, okay. opportunity, growth and progress. If those things, if, if we can see the party sway back to those things, because that's not what we stand for right now. Right now we are digging into whatever is the issue that we are, that we have talking points on. We're digging into talking points and not the pillars of what, what the party is supposed to be. Not, because none of this stuff uh, that we see them executing around, well, I shouldn't say none of it, much of what we see being executed mm-hmm. around is not uh, to the benefit of the constituency. It's to the benefit of a few and not all. When you serve, when you serve the nation in a position, once you are an elected official, you serve all, not just Republicans, not just black people, not just white people. You serve all. And so you have to look at every people group, including black people, but and why- see what are you doing to to service this group. So if you're going to service Asian people with their own legislation, then it should be a non sequitur that well, the me- same thing happens for black people. So I understand that feeling that hey, no, this is this is completely unequal, and it is. Well, so that's why I say. We have to get back to the freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. Well, that doesn't have a skin color, does it? Freedom, opportunity, and growth. No, it doesn't. But if you were operating under that, then these other things that we are that you just mentioned, mm-hmm. us giving, uh, I don't want to be a, a named a named act mm-hmm. for each of each of of those underserved or or oppressed groups then we would be, okay. we would fall into that as well. So I'm, I'm going to talk, let's talk about the oppressed You know, group. I don't want to say underserved because every black person is okay. an underserved. So let's talk every, about our... You but I, there is discrimination, and you're talking about discrimination. Well, let's I, talk I, about I, that. You, you know, and I don't know what talking, you're talking about. You and I were talking about that this morning, right? We were, we were getting ready for the show, right? I was. We were saying, hey, you know, opportunity discriminated, blah, blah, blah. Well, if you look at our neighborhood, go out, I don't think anyone on our cul-de-sac is discriminating against us, right? Okay. I don't think oh, I did not say. I know you didn't say every that. moment. We were talking I didn't about say it, right? you and me, fool. Well, okay. There are, but there are things that we experience also. It's it's just at a different level. Okay, so we talk about so these are real conversations, you know, right? There is an answer to this. This is the conversation that we're having. We're saying why are so many people not voting for Joe Biden, or they feel abandoned by Joe Biden? Well, and and, Joe- and if you look at. No, not in our neighborhood, but in urban neighborhoods. Urban neighborhoods are still in the same shape that they were that they've been in. Bad shape. Okay. They don't have the economic urban development. We have friends and family members who are still there, right? Yeah, and and the economic development is not there. Okay. It's not there. So I understand exactly what people are saying. You know that you're going to be disenfranchised when when you're told decade after decade. That uh, yeah, we're go- we're administration after administration. There's but don't you think that if you continue to vote for thing. one party though and only participate with one party, you're in uh, for lack of a better word, you're like a three a.m. booty call. I only, I'm only going to come oh, around Lord. and when I want your vote, anytime after that, eh, we'll just move on. Uh, and I don't think it's enough to not vote and say that's what we're going to do. Uh, we're not going to vote, right? I think you have to swing your vote to the other party. And say, hey, I'm upset enough to where I'm not going to vote for you. I'm going to vote for the other team, right? But nobody, these dice but nobody wants to say that. Nobody, they want to say, I'm just not going to vote, right? I'm saying, no, let's just not vote, but let's vote for the other party and let's get involved with the other party, right? You know what? I want to you know, see. Now, I want to see this. I want to see a headline on why, or I want to see this. What can the Democratic Party do 
to get back the black vote. Okay, that's well, what I want to see. Here's and the only way you do up. that, we got to roll with the other party. We got to roll Team Red. Well, I'm gonna tell you this because you have a very, you have a, <laughs> you're an interesting view, which is very negative, and you know I don't roll on the negative side. I roll with the positive. So let's <laughs> and do that. Here's, Here's why I think people should be should should engage with the Republican Party. All right. And that is because if you are all if all of your eggs are in one basket, then the moment that Republicans are in in power, you're not heard. And that's what we saw. So why should we hear you? Right. That's the, the question. So why shouldn't we hear? Why should we hear you? Why shouldn't we just continue to put out the perceived to be that's not perceived a lot of the, the a, a lot of the stuff you get on on the main on the mainstream media through fox news through the different networks is racist it well, uses racist how, tropes then how are you going to change those racist tropes if nobody that looks like you is there to dialogue with the people who are putting in that large forward? number yeah. that's right it ha- you have to go in you have to go into the lines then and you have to be willing to stand up for what you believe in mm-hmm that uh, to me that is is the most powerful thing that we can do it's not to stand over um you have to have people on in in the democratic party as well but the republican party must black people have to go in uh and asian people black and asian people and Hispanic people who like being what they are. I think more black people. My <laughs> yeah. thing, I think when you have, oh, a, yes. when, what is it, like 90% vote on a national level, I think we have to get involved with uh, with Team Red at the local level. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's my, that's not just my view, that's a very accurate view. In order to be appreciated on a political view, right, people have to see that they you're have willing to, see you to and go he, and, to the other side yeah. and that you simply won't go for the emotional bait. The emotional bait for us is always race. And I feel a tug whenever. But whenever. see, uh, uh, here's where we differ. Okay. It's not that you have to all go to the other side. It's that you have to be represented on both sides. So, there has to be a the black agenda, a, a, the, a black voice on both sides. Sides. I say we need 75 percent of the voting black voting population here in Texas needs to be Republican. Seventy five percent, 75, 80 percent. That way you are appreciated. That way it'll be, whoa, something just happened. That way we won't get all these people coming in trying to make me feel guilty because I voted red. That way we mm-hmm. won't get all. And I'm not saying and I'm going to say I'm not saying I don't, we don't want people to be Candace Owens. Uh, Republican. I don't want you to be Larry Elder Republican. Now, I want you to be. Yeah, I'm dropping now names you drop because names. when people say when people mm-hmm. think of a, a Republican or a Black conservative, that's the face they get. No, right. I'm saying be one. That I realize that in my interactions, I am Black, Black first, mm-hmm. right? And so that is my interaction. No matter like what anyone black. tells you me, you like being black, and I like being black. I yeah. like black culture. I like the things that go with it. So mm-hmm. I am not a black person talking to in white Republicans about about the uh, about the uh, negatives of black community. But I am a black Republican talking to other black people, right? About how why they should improve. join the party and not on. Oh, don't worry about them. They're on the plantation. And how we can how we can improve our community economically yeah. through the system. By through policy, through economic development, being a B1 Republican seeking for B1 uh, uh, allies who are who are moderate allies and who believe in freedom, opportunity, growth and progress. There we go. There you go. That's 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 the bottom line to it. And everybody wants opportunity, growth and progress. Everybody wants that. There's not a single American that does not want opportunity for their kids. There's not a single American that does not want growth for their community. And there's not a single American that doesn't want progress for the country. So there you go. There you see the topic in the debate at our house. Well said, Ms. Jones. And you've been listening to On the Record with Tiffany. And Kevin. I hope you uh, thought, I hope you got some information that made you want to think and do things differently. Um, and to to the families uh, in Uvalde and to the Uvalde community, uh, our hearts go out to you and our prayers are with you. 
Um, so now we're going to talk about policy. Policy, yeah, all right. Policy. So, policy right. is what changes the world. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, we, we... March all you I, want, but if you don't get policy yep. change, it's not happening. And and I have to, to give a shout-out to uh, Ananda Thomas. Who's uh, that? Who's Ananda she, Thomas? Tell me more. She uh, is, is uh, a, a young black political activist, and she... Uh, I've had her on on before, um, and Ananda has been working on policy change. Is she with and Black Lives Matter, or was, or no, was she with one she's, of those groups? She's, uh, I don't know which group she's with now because Ananda's been with several different different groups, but um, but she, she focused she, on real, what really matters, right? Yeah, she's been been focusing on on police reform, like realistic police reform, not defund mm-hmm. the police but but actually how are we going to not a slogan, how are we going but actual, to actual yeah not a slogan but the actual work of how do we how do we have better interactions with the police yeah and let's talk about mm-hmm. that because this is something that as you can tell from the, it's a it's a very touchy subject because there are so many wonderful police officers and you don't want to to um you don't want to slight them and lump them in with the incompetence and, and the uh, indecisives. So I'm, I'm breathing in, right, because mm-hmm. I, I don't buy into the... Okay, so I, at the end of the day, right, I, I know in the previous uh, segment, you know, I, I, uh, I tend to be very rhetorical in, in, my, uh, in, my, in my presentation, right? But at the end of the day, it is policy. Policy is what changes. And I think something that uh, Ananda did, which was really, really great, was that she looked at the procedures that have to be followed when a cop is accused of something or if a cop has actually did something, there's actually mm-hmm. a process that has to happen. And so what this young lady did and probably her and several others got, they looked at the actual policies that how first you do this, then you do this. So they went in and they were going for changing those policies, those specific policies and the impact. Right. And not just with black people. Right. And that's the big thing that I'm that, that I tend to advocate. But with people in general. Right. If, if a cop uh, is accused of some misgivings, there's actually process and procedure around that. And it's often in those processes and procedures that the error occurs or that there's often something that that happens that uh, that shouldn't have happened. Right. But, but one of the things that she did was she really and changed a lot of the people policies. just ignore process and procedure. Yeah. And they we, ignore it. Right. As we saw with uh, Uvalde ISD, the, the police there ignored the, the, yeah. the process and procedure for an act for what to do during an active yep. shooting. And so that's one of the things that Tiff and I often talk about. And and, uh, and one of the things that I that that uh, when you go back and you, you and I'm a big history buff and you look at history. Right. In particular, the civil rights movement. Right. Is that Martin Luther King and all the civil rights leaders, they could have marched all day long. Right. And if if policy hadn't changed, we'd still be where we were then. Right. Is that Johnson that they needed someone to change and advocate for policy change. And that's what happened is that you've got to have an impact on policy. You can march all you want. You can burn down as many things as you want. But if you don't push for policy change. Right. Which is one of the things that that I see in the in, in the Republican Party that's admirable, that that I that I like and that I find that I, I just really like is that they are pushing for policy change. And that's where the power is. The power is in changing the policy and changing the law at the local level. That's where it has to be done, because you can fight, fuss, do anything you want to. And at the at the federal level, it's going to be very hard to change. But there's a lot you can do at the local level. You are powerful mm-hmm. at the local level. Yes. And it, now I will say this: I admire the organization of people. I do not agree with all of the choices that that I see uh, folks organizing behind, like women's reproductive rights. It's not your choice to tell me what to do with my body. Uh, but, you know, you know but just I, 20, but 30 I, years ago, you were you could still be considered Republican. Right. And you can. And in fact, uh, Barbara Bush, that was the stance that she took. And she was Republican. Now we're so extreme. You have to be an extreme and, on the left or the that's right. That's what I'm saying. That's what in the previous segment when we were talking about policy mm-hmm. that, you know, and and I said that this party used to stand for freedom. 
opportunity, growth, and progress, a subject like this would not be, hey, we're just going to dig in and do whatever mm -hmm. for ourselves. You would think that, that uh, with so many women being a part of the party, and this is directly affecting us, uh, that you would see a divergence and, and people standing up saying, hey, I may not want it to have an abortion, and I wouldn't. Tiffany Smith would, does not want to, to do that. Um, it wouldn't make a difference because I actually can't have kids, bring a child to term. Both of our kids are adopted. Uh, but I wouldn't stop another woman from making whatever decision it is that she needs to make in her situation. Mm -hmm. It's not my place to do that. And I uphold the rights of other women to make whatever decision is appropriate for them. That's not where we see uh, this party coming down on it. Yep. It's an, it, yeah. So. so there's a lot of conundrums there. Like, and, and that's another reason why there should be voices, another reason to be in the fight, mm -hmm. another reason to have those voices, black voices, female voices, depending on what your subject is on this one, women who are willing to stand up for what they believe in. So you got to be willing to stand up. You can't just be some, somebody sitting over there going, yeah, you're right. No, this is a bipartisan issue. Mm -hmm. Women being able to, to make the decisions about their bodies is, is a bipartisan issue. Oh, I bet you didn't think you were getting to this on, on podcast. I, I didn't. I mm -hmm. didn't. I didn't. Yeah, that's right. In your face, Big Red. That's <laughs> what I'm telling you right but, now. <laughs> but, the, but, but on that, though, right? So, But you have to have moderates in the party. Without moderates in the party, right, on both mm -hmm. sides, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm rolling red, right? We have to have moderates in the And we do have moderates. We have to have moderates in the, in the party who are willing to speak up. Right. Uh, but now we are it's just divisive. It's all or nothing. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is not how things are made, which is it's not, not how things are. are, are it's not how most Americans feel. Yeah. But it's not how most Americans feel. So if you are supposedly an elected official, mm -hmm. then you are supposed to represent the constituency. That's everybody, not just your, not just the people that have the same opinion as you. But if I do that, why not, why would I do that, right? So uh, why why not just represent the people who voted for me? Because I know well, I that's can... what's happening right now, and that's not what is supposed to happen so, as an elected official. All right, official. so let, let's go. We're going to do it at the house, like since we're on the radio, let's go there. Okay, so we're going to have the conversation. Go why ahead, should, brother. Go ahead. Why should I be concerned <laughs> with X group, right? And I'm going to be controversial. Why should I be concerned? With this group, and there, and there, it's a black group. And the constituents are African American, right? Why should I even worry or bother about what they want when I know they're not going to vote for me anyway? They're going to vote for the other team, no matter what I say or do. Why should I even care? And Tiffany? that, and right there, that is why I say we have to have faces that look like ours, and that that are willing to stand up for for the values. But of don't the we have Can, don't we have Candace? Don't we have Larry Eldridge telling no. us, hey, what you people just need to do is get off your butts and work. That's what you need okay, to I, do. You're just throwing out controversy because Well that's what, what they're telling us, what, right? What, and that what I'm Candace, talking about and that what Miss Owens getting paid all that I, I, money well, for to well, go well, on I'm YouTube. not talking about talking heads. I'm talking about people who are talking about <laughs> uh, people who are actually uh regular people, not not some celebrity, I'm talking about regular people who are on the local level who are in the trenches and see what's happening in their community. Candace Owens doesn't know what's happening in 90% in of the black But she says we're just country. all voting for them Democrats because we're on a plantation. And see, I don't want to hear your plantation <laughs> talk. I do not want to come hear your plantation talk or any other nonsense. I mean, come on. we see any other nonsense, circular logic that always lands with black people all being wrong and just completely blurs real topics. All right. Because to me, that's just a wasteland of bull that people pull out to make themselves better and get more viewers and money. It's just, just like getting more likes. So I don't care about you getting more likes, sister. I care about communities that have been decimated. We saw 40% of, of black businesses close during the pandemic. Wasn't that just part of just economics? About economic, but economic development is what we continue to talk about. It, is, it continues to be a major problem within underserved communities. So that doesn't mean that every black person is broke in, in uh, black communities, but it does mean that uh, 
that our businesses are underfunded. We receive less, fewer loans. We receive that, those things. The black dollar stays in the black community a shorter period of time than it needs to. If we can keep, if we can keep the dollars in the community and develop businesses, develop those small businesses, and get the business acumen there, mm-hmm. we could see some real change and growth. And that's what people want. Again, back to freedom, opportunity, growth, and progress. We can see both growth and progress if we are given the same freedoms as everyone else and then opportunities. Hey, back up. You just <laughs> so, yeah, so you want to get up in my face <laughs> with your mess. <laughs> Thank you. I already told you before that this right. furniture moving if, if some of the, the uh, plantation folks came talking to me. So since you wanted to post up as a plantation person. <laughs> All right. So you can see I'm 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 going my, my wife a little bit on this. And these are real topics and real issues that I believe is my humble but extremely accurate opinion that are really solved at the local level. They right? are solved. At that, that, so it's solved locally here in San Diego. You are correct on that. Thank you very on much. On that, Mr. Smith. And so uh, you, you see my leanings, right? I am. Uh, Freedom. Opportunity, <laughs> growth, and progress. That's where we need to go back to, people. And we will end on that with On the Record. You have been listening to <laughs> On the, the Record, Record with, with Tiffany, Tiffany and, and Kevin. Kevin. You've been enjoying On the Record with Tiffany. We encourage you to share these stories with friends and family. You can listen to other shows by going to 930amtheanswer.com. And join us next week for On the Record with Tiffany on 930am The Answer. I'm Tiffany Smith, Chief Executive Officer of the Texas Kidney Foundation, and I'm here to talk to you about your kidney health. Health is the most important asset we possess. COVID-19 has exposed the unhealthy nature of our population. One in three Americans are at risk for chronic kidney disease. In absolute numbers, that translates into about 600,000 San Antonians. Have you been diagnosed with diabetes? Have you been diagnosed with hypertension? Do you take blood pressure medicine? Do you have heart disease? Have you experienced heart failure? Do you have a history of dialysis or kidney failure in your family? If you said yes to two or more of those questions, you need to come and see us. Are you a part of that one in three? Is your sister? Is your brother? Is your mother? Texas Kidney Foundation offers free screenings. All you have to do is go to our website, www.txkidney.org. Check out our free screenings. You can either come to our office for an in-office visit, or we can come to you. You can schedule a screening or go to a screening near you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.